Best Book Bits podcast brings you Siobhan Nelligan, digital marketing expert and founder of Minty Creative. Siobhan, thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. No worries. Now, for people who uh, don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's go back to when you were 20. Who's Siobhan and uh, what, what were you doing? Well, it's a few years back now. Um, it's funny how quick time goes, isn't it? Um, but yeah, 13 years ago, I was um, a young, ambitious lady living in Surrey in the UK. And I know that you know that area quite well, Michael, South West right. London. That's right. Um, and uh, so I was uh, going around my stomping ground, Wimbledon, London, um, and just starting to really find my place in the world. Um, and at the time I was also studying for, a, for an English degree. Um, so I was starting to kind of get to grips with, you know, what I was good at and what I wanted to do. Um, but it wasn't until much later on that I really understood, you know, what my skills were and, and what I really wanted to do, what, what excited me, what, what I was passionate about. Um, so, so that came much later. Um, but my twenties were a pretty, a pretty wild time. Um, I think it's fair to say that, um, I've never really been one for, um, rules. <laughs> um, and I was quite yeah. rebellious when I was younger. So, um, yeah, it's funny to look back now as an adult and think, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> How much I've changed. Uh, yeah, so now perfect. <laughs> How did you um? How did you start sort of into creative, and uh, how did you fall into the the world of sort of digital marketing uh, back in the day before it was ever so popular? Yeah, I mean, digital marketing in recent years has really taken off, but um, you know, probably when I was twenty, it was it was quite an unknown concept. So, um, it was only around my mid twenties when I formed an agency uh, with someone else at the time, um, and we worked on content marketing, digital marketing, very similar to what I'm doing now, um, digital marketing, but in a completely different uh, field. So uh, we worked with um, some TV stars in the UK. I don't think anyone would know them, but um, certainly in the UK, um, they were quite well known at a period. Um, and local businesses um, on a much smaller scale, I'd say, than, than what I'm doing now. Um, and that was quite formative for me um, because it gave me a good understanding of digital marketing and enabled me to hone those skills and build those relationships that ultimately became really important when starting my own business further down the line. What, um, what other industries are you serving sort of uh, with, your, with your company at the moment and clients? So with my current business, I'm working almost exclusively with um, businesses in highly regulated industries. So the likes of gambling, fintech, uh, CBD, vaping, tobacco. Um, so it's all of those companies that are subject to quite stringent regulation and therefore they need a specialist partner who understands what's required and therefore can help them to you know, maintain their reputation in a, in a professional way, but also reach new customers and, and be creative with it as well. So it's, it's really kind of making sure that you're helping your clients to navigate all those challenges. How did you start in that particular space? Did you just fall into that or was there like 
you know, sounds a bit strange working in a highly uh, regulated industry like that, especially with uh, digital marketing. How did you find yourself, um, you know, with those particular clients? What was it? Was it an idea or was it something you just fell into or? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Um, during my 20s, I uh, was doing, I don't know what you'd call it in Australia, but in the UK, we call it um, promo work. So, um, you know, girls or guys uh, would hand out event you know leaflets or uh, things events goodies um working at stands or expos anything like that and um i got approached by someone online a lady randomly messaged me online and said look i've got this um this assignment for you I'd, i'd really like you to you know to help me on it and she sent me off to do a themed um event and i had to dress up in the sort of austrian costume and <laughs> and it was um it was great fun i remember it being a, a january day so it was very cold on the streets of london but it was a a big um promotional exercise and since then we formed a really close bond and we just we just naturally clicked and she is the reason that i'm now working with um clients in the gambling industry and and from the gambling industry i've got i've got clients that serve other industries and that's how i've then been referred to those different industries as well and kind of built up that body of knowledge with you know my clients and my team and recruited specialists to be able to do that so really i I kind of owe it all to to one particular lady so it's funny how things work sometimes yeah, it, it it's. I don't think it's that funny. I think it's true with anything in life. It's always that one person that sort of gives you that helping hand up, and we don't know where where these people are at, and and when we're going to run into them as well. And um, you know, we don't know who we're going to meet tomorrow. That's going to help us with business in the next twelve months. And I think that's fascinating. And the power of showing up and just putting yourself out there, whether it be a, you know on a stand doing promo work, handing out leaflets and someone sees potential and says, Hey, I think you'd be great here. And all of a sudden they help you. And then they, you know, network you with a couple of other clients and then you're on your way. Um, talk to me sort of about the, you know, running an agency and, and what that's like and sort of the unglamorous side. People think it's all, you know, glamour and running an agency and, and, and working with all these high profile, high profile clients. But tell me a little bit about the, um, running an agency. I think the unglamorous side is probably quite similar to what any business owner would find. And it's the really long hours, the the long slog, you know, there's the sort of belief that having your own business means that you're your own boss, but in reality, you're not, you have, you don't just have one boss, you have 20 or 30, you know, cause every client has, you know, everyone has someone to answer to. Right. And yeah. for me, that that's my clients and for my team, I'm that person, they need to answer to me. So um, yeah, it it can be quite tiring and and quite draining as well. And it's, you know, it can be quite a lonely place as well, which is why I've really immersed myself in the personal development side of things, because it gives me great comfort to know that there are people who've who've trodden this path and and really succeeded and, and learning from those great people. Just, you know, it makes you feel less alone. And it, you know, gives you that strength to think right okay this can be done it's doable it's just mind over matter so i would say that's the unglamorous side of things and you know sacrificing a bit of the social life which i've always been a big fan of and you know just getting stuck in 
um, whatever that means, you know, running around at events, trying to, you know, take footage or photos for clients to make sure you can populate their marketing channels or, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, <laughs> counseling a team member or even a client, you know, you, you, it's amazing what you have to deal with when you're basically dealing with people. Yeah. I want to get into, um, I want to give my audience some value here. And let's say we've got some entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, want entrepreneurs, or just people in general that want to elevate their brand or their business as well. What advice would you give people in sort of 2022 that either running campaigns on social or just scheduling content? Or is there any advice or any tips or tricks you can give people that if they apply these particular things that could sort of elevate their brand or their personal brand just with social marketing content next year. Any, any insider things you could share with us that you do with your high-end clients that spend big money on campaigns and content? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, just get into grips with the data, make sure you're understanding exactly who your demographics are, make sure you understand how your posts and campaigns are performing and really, really hone in on those. So if there's something that's going really well, it's resonating with your audience, that's absolutely the thing to focus on. And I think we're seeing a trend as well for a desire for brands or individuals to be much more authentic online. So, you know, those kind of realistic videos where people just talk, um, for example, in an Instagram reel, they perform so well. And I think that is, indicative of a societal sh shift because you know we kind of live in this augmented metaverse at the moment and i think you know if, if brands can be transparent authentic with their clients or their followers i think that will win a lot of favor and ultimately it's you know it's the brands that people like and trust that they will they will buy from um so i think that's really important and you know, show up where your customers are, you know, not all of your customers will necessarily even be on the mainstream um, platforms, you know, there's so many new um, social media platforms, you know, like Reddit, Discord, you know, really understand where your customers are, take, ask your current customers, you know, which social media sites do they use, or just do a bit of research. Um, and also keep an eye on your competitors as well, because you, you can learn a lot from them and, and it doesn't need to be a kind of copy and paste job. Um, you know, imitation is a serious form of flattery and you can kind of pick out different aspects of what you like from them and, and make it your own. So, you know, that that's some of the, the tips that I would share. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, it's spot on. Is there any, you know, like last year or I think a year ago when TikTok started to... Um, go a bit crazy and we, we started to see underpriced, um, undervalued eyeballs and attention where you could get one post would get so much engagement. Is there any new social platforms or any new places that you know of sort of where people should be spending more time knowing that maybe next year or the year after it might start popping off? Um, you said Reddit and Discord. Is sort of written format still coming back with articles and, and things as well or... I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big social person myself, so I'm just trying to find out what's the best place where I can sort of start next year and, um, you know, put myself out there a little bit more on social as well. Where would be the best place to start? I think, again, I just go back to the previous point. It really depends on, on who you're trying to reach. Um, yeah. And it's worth noting that 
yes, new platforms will kind of have more reach per user, but then the user base is still quite small on some of those channels. So it kind of makes sense that you can get more impressions because obviously there's less people to serve it to, right? So um, I think that's a bit of a false economy in that respect, but um, you know, the likes of Reddit, I mean, I've had inquiries this week about it and Discord, um, they're, they're quite techy. So I guess it really depends on who you're trying to reach. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, people who are interested in things like cryptocurrency, blockchain on um, a platform called Twitch. Um, and of course, Twitch is big with streamers. Um, so yeah, it's just different pe different types of people, I guess, tend to congregate in different platforms. And, you know, I can't, I couldn't possibly say that it's one size fits all. Um, I mean, even Instagram, they kind of prioritize certain features. So I know that Reels for a while were, you know, they're really prioritizing Reels over any other types of content because they wanted to push that new function, that new feature. Um, so it, it does kind of, you know, move, move with the times really. It's, it's user-led yeah. and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, th thanks for unpacking that for me. But talk to me a little bit about the space you're in, in the gambling industry and, you know, what it's like uh, working in that space. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very entrepreneurial space, uh, which is great. And, um, you know, it, it's global. So one of the things I love most about my job is all my team work remote so we're really agile but all of my clients are spread across the whole world so i've got clients in mauritius i've got clients in south africa i've got clients in canada us malta sweden literally all over and and in that sense you know you're kind of dealing with different cultures and getting to know different types of people and whilst the world's got so much smaller with covid and the restrictions that have been imposed by that it's just really refreshing to know that there is a kind of big world out there and just by engaging with these different types of people you're almost learning from them yep and is it is it a lot of online gambling or is it you know physical casinos and stuff as well what's the what's the mixture of that with when you say gambling is there a lot of sport gambling as well because gambling encompasses so much now we're sort of being saturated with you know, online gambling, mobile phone gambling, and, and physical gambling as well. What's the sort of uh, mixture of that? Absolutely. Well, you won't be surprised to hear that the biggest, biggest channel at the moment is online. Everything, well, nearly everything is being pushed online, whether we like it or not, due to yeah. the COVID pandemic. So what that does mean is that it's driving a lot of innovation i would say so like you say uh, mobile phone gambling is huge um there are countries and regions in the world that are avid betters and not all of them even have desktops but lots of them have smartphones so it's that channel that enables them to access that form of entertainment and you know gambling at its very essence is a form of entertainment it's one of the oldest forms of entertainment and it's a bit like social media in that respect and that it gets a bad rap, but you know, 99, over 99% of people that gamble do so responsibly and safely. Um, so I just, just thought I'd get that in there. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, it's, it is a genuine form of entertainment and the, the thrill that people will get from, you know, playing the latest game with the newest technology, some of the, you know, some of the like classic slot games have now got, 
um, skill-based features. So they're kind of merging elements of computer games with gambling, which is, is really exciting. And it's kind of like the progression of the industry. Um, yeah. Similarly, you talked about sports betting. That's huge. I mean, it, it has reduced, it has suffered from, from recent times because of sporting events being canceled, but there is a brand new channel uh, called eSports. So people will, will play tournaments and other people will bet who's going to win. And that's huge. Oh, really? Yeah, that's huge. So that's a really exciting innovation. And the, the gambling industry just doesn't stop because again, coming back to social media, there's a similarity. It's user led, right? So, you know, as people get older, you know, you've got your bingo players, you've got your lottery players, but you know, the younger generation are much more tech savvy and they demand a lot more from a gambling experience. It's not enough just to, you know, put some money down. It's okay. What thrill am I going to get from this? What's the excitement factor? Yeah, I, I, you said something really interesting, which was uh, user-led, and I like that. I like that word because a lot of things we do in society is based on user-led. You know, look at shopping, for example, shopping malls. You know, that's user-led. People want goods, so shopping malls exist, so people can go out and get a high by buying stuff. You know, people even drugs, for example, it's user-led. People want drugs, so they're going to go search the the corner store for a drug dealer. I know it sounds really strange, but gambling is the same thing too. People want to ca catch up, get together, and they want to have a thrill, so they'll find a gambling site or an app on their phone or go to the casino. And, and you're right, user-led. And so is social media user-led as well. So, yeah, never heard that word before, but uh, makes makes complete sense as well. Um, talk to me whilst why the gambling industry is a little bit like the wild, wild west and, you know, with innovation becomes a lot of grey areas. Talk to me about that. Well, I think I think it, it's not like the wild west anymore. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe 10, 20 years ago, it, it was possibly a bit more like the wild, wild west. But um, there's, you know, there's a lot of regulation around the globe. And, and, and rightly, there's a lot of regulatory and social scrutiny on gambling. So, um, you know, big companies that operate big gambling operations are, you know, held to account really for, you know, the, the users and their customers that, you know, they've got a, they've got corporate social responsibility to think about. They've got a duty of care to, to their customers. So it, it's definitely, it's definitely not like that now, but you know what, funnily enough, I think blockchain and cryptocurrency is a bit a bit like the wild wild west maybe how gambling was sort of 20 years ago um you know it's not regulated it's decentralized there's no kind of guarantee that comes with you know the money that you'd save or invest it, you know it's very volatile I think maybe blockchain is is a bit more like that and you know gambling I think has done very very well and and perhaps you know, it's fair to say blockchain will, will do very well, very well in, as, as well as time will tell. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the, the, the emergence of what happens with blockchain with other industries as well. Like, can you gamble with cryptocurrencies? I'm sure there's platforms that take the form of, of crypto with gambling and then payouts as well. Will they have to store a, a certain amount of coins or, you know, value on the... Uh, I'm not into blockchain or crypto at the moment. It's not my area of expertise. My wife has a crypto wallet, but let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be different emergence, just like I heard the other day. You know, no one could predict it, you know, the, the, 
um, the World Wide Web in the mid-90s would lead to the Google, the Facebook, the Uber, and all the other technologies that are on top of this platform. So we understand that this new platform's coming, but we, what we can't see is the new emergent technologies that is going to exist on these particular platforms. And having you know, the smartphone in your pocket, um, it's what is a smartphone going to be in the next 15, 20 years? We really have no idea. Um, anyway, gearing back to sort of the gambling industry, tell me sort of about sort of some of the stories or events they throw. I'm sure it's uh, be fun little Christmas parties and other events that uh, you, you've been. Any any cool stories or any, any things through there? Oh, there's loads. Well, gambling is an entertainment industry, so I think there is a sort of need to you know, go all out and, and impress your, your clients or your customers or your VIPs or whoever it is, you know, there is a real need to sort of go bigger and better than the competitors because it's also a very competitive space as well. So um, there is, you know, a kind of value in whining and dining your customers. But <laughs> I've been to some pretty wild parties. Um, I'm sure you have, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the fun of it, though. I, I enjoy that aspect. Yeah, yeah. Were any 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 uh, cool places you've been, or any any cool holiday destinations that you would recommend people to if they haven't heard about to go? Yeah, there's um there's quite a big um gam there's a few gambling hubs. Uh, so Malta is one. Um, okay. Curacao, the Caribbean, um, Antigua. Once once fell into a pool, <laughs> a party, fully clothed <laughs> in Antigua. So that was um great fun. Had a few wines, I think. Um, and even places like Macau, you know, out, out in China and, and, and America as well. America's becoming a real hotbed, a gold rush of, of gambling activity as, um, different states are legalizing gambling. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, everyone thinks about sort of Vegas and, and Nevada being sort of the only place where you can gamble, but I'm sure that once that opens up, that's going to be, you know, a flood and if everything's online right now and it's it's very hard to regulate online activity unless you're sort of china um yeah so i'm sure they're opening up that as well that's that's really interesting let's talk let's let's take a segue uh go through sort of COVID and, and what that did to sort of your business and, and your mental health as well what, what was the last two years like in the um i know you're in the uk and yeah we we've got a connection with i used to live in wimbledon and work in surrey and i know you're not too far from there but you know what what happened sort of with yourself in the last two years with COVID? Well, I think it was a bit of a shock for everyone, wasn't it? You know, we yeah. wind back to March, 2020. I just don't think anyone could have really predicted it. And, you know, I think it was that, it was dealing with that shock and just th this complete upheaval of what we all knew and, and our daily lives. And and I think that really got me thinking um, quite hard about about my business at the time. Um, I was still working in a well-paid corporate job and my business was just a side hustle. Um, I mean, it, it was definitely growing as a side hustle and, and I had a great network of contacts, you know, from, from my various endeavours um, within, within and without the gambling industry. Um, but I think it just made me really reevaluate where where I wanted my life to go and it kind of hit home that life is very short and the opportunities that we maybe once might have had may not be available to us anymore so that really made me think that if I wasn't going to do it now then I might live to regret it so 
I put all my eggs into one basket, <laughs> as the saying goes, and quit my job. Everyone, everyone told me I was crazy. People tried to talk me out of it, including my own parents. <laughs> um, but to to my to my better judgment, hopefully, um, I I said no. I'm gonna focus on this and and go for it. And you know, it was stressful. It was scary. And I saw a lot of people around me who just really, really struggled with lockdown. You know, the, the lady I mentioned earlier who got me into gambling, you know, her business as an events, in, events company suffered massively. But, you know, I, there's some amazing people in this world. And, and a, whilst a lot of people have been affected, so too a lot of people have really made the most of the opportunity and just you know not taken not taken the cards they've been dealt and actually just tried to make the very best of the situation and recognize the opportunity in the challenge and i like to think that i'm in that camp um things have probably been harder although the the digital focus has helped um selfishly because you know people haven't got marketing, can't spend the marketing spend that they were going to spend on events. So, you know, digital is a natural backup. Um, so obviously I've, I've made the most of that, but you know, there's a lot of people that have done some amazing, amazing things. And it just goes to show that in the face of adversity, it's, it, you know, you can still do incredible things. Yeah, you're right. And, it, you know, everyone went through the same adversity. It's funny that it wasn't one person dealt a bad hand. The whole world was dealt a bad hand and sort of we haven't really experienced that, I think, for a long, long time collectively as a whole where everyone could relate to a certain event. Um, yes, yeah, so it was very interesting how some people, what they did with the cards they were dealt with and how you sort of reshuffled the deck and said, I'm going to create my own opportunities from this. And I think it's time that it sort of put a rocket up a lot of people as well to say, you know, life is short. Uh, we're not here for a long time. You know, and, and a lot of people died as well. And, and, and looking back, you say, what is my life going to be in the next five, 10 years? And what do I do want to accomplish? And, you know, do you want to regret? You know, people don't want to look back with, with regrets. Um, but looking back anyway, like if you were to be given sort of, you know, 10 minutes at a school lunch with people, what advice would you give young kids these days? I know young kids would be suffering a lot because they don't have their foundational mental understandings that life does move on. And, you know, uh, especially the, the mental aspect of life can get a bit overwhelming for people. But yeah, what advice would you give high school kids if you had 10 minutes with them to give a little bit of a pep talk from Siobhan? What would that be? I think it, I, I would probably say, try to get to know what, what you're in, what you enjoy, what you're good at and embrace it. I mean, I never really knew what I wanted to do. And, um, with hindsight, if I maybe figured that out a little bit sooner, then, you know, I might be a little bit further along in my journey, but you know, everyone's different and, and everyone develops at their own time. So just because you don't have it all figured out, it doesn't make you a failure. Lots of really successful business people started late in life. Uh, I know that from, from your podcast, Michael. So listening into all the, you know, amazing inspirational leaders who, who started late in life. And I think it's about, you know, following your heart as well, because, you know, you, you have to enjoy what you do and you have to find purpose and meaning. And, that means different things to different people. And, you know, for some, it, it can be quite straightforward. And 
perhaps for others it's more of a journey of kind of uncovering what that meaning is and you know it's no right or wrong really um but the main thing I would say to anyone at school or you know just finishing school whilst your formal education might be drawing to a close lifetime of learning lays ahead so you know get to get to learn to love learning because you know it'll never stop and the day you stop learning is the day you die so yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the day you do stop learning, people don't realise that after formal education starts personal development or personal education. And there's no test because life is the test. We're at school, you know what the test was because it was external. But, you know, after school, the test is internal. And we don't understand that until a little bit later on in life. Talk to me about your journey with personal development, some great books, some authors. I know you mentioned my podcast and sort of that's how we connected uh, through the podcast. But uh, talk to me about your personal journey and, you know, how you study, how you learn and, you know, what are some great books or some authors that you've really sort of, um, you know, came true to your heart and sort of resonated with you? Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, um, I was listening to your podcast during lockdown and that's almost one of the things that, you know, really gave me that push. Um, just kind of listening to what the those inspirational leaders and successful business people had said. So, you know, that was really important to me. And I remember sharing it, just sharing that knowledge and those learnings with with people that I worked with or friends. Um, and, you know, that that was really interesting to me. And and I felt that once I kind of got onto that personal development journey, I just really wanted to carry it on. So it became almost a daily routine for me. Um, but rewind before that, I guess I've always been interested in personal development. I've always kind of felt that it's almost my duty to myself to work on myself and, you know, develop myself. Um, but The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho is one of the books that really kind of tapped into that. So at the time, um, you know, I, I was quite young um, and I didn't have as much life experience behind me. But what it taught me um, behind the allegory is that, you know, kind of you just have to stop and read the signs. So life or the universe might be taking you on a quite a different journey to the one that you expected or maybe even wanted. Um, but if you read those signs, you know, something something amazing can happen. And I, I started analysing situations I've been in. Like, for example, if I missed my train, I was like, there's a reason I've missed my train. Yes, I'm going to be late. But, you know, I ended up sort of meeting people that I hadn't seen for a while randomly at the station. Or, you know, if I got stuck in traffic, I, I kind of convinced myself that, you know, that was the right thing. You know, you just don't know what could have happened if you'd been further down the road at a certain given juncture you know so I, I guess that that for me was was one of the biggest ones um and I'm a real big fan of that book um and then since then books like uh success principles black box thinking think and grow rich they're they're all ones that have really resonated with me yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I love Black Box Thinking. Think and Grow Rich is obviously one of the number one books around the world as well. And yeah, the importance of, you know, feeding your mind with new information so you can come up with new ideas and also new reflections on, on what is personal development because people think personal development is this industry of old white men speaking on stage and selling books. I mean, that's might have been the case sort of 40, 50 years ago, but it's sort of come full circle where, you know, a friend said the other day, which was amazing, he said, he's a very spiritual person. He said, Michael, I spend my day bringing the spirituality 
into reality. And I was like, what did you just say? And it was all about blending the knowledge of understanding, whether it be bringing the personal development into the personal world, where naturally talking about things to close to people's heart. And also, you know, if you're spiritual in that sense, bring the spirit into reality with spirituality into reality. I feel like we've sort of gone full circle as a society where we bring in these, you know, these concepts and these thoughts and these ideas into the real world and you can start actualizing and practicing the knowledge instead of just learning, 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 learning like we did at school, but we never practiced the learnings that we learned at school. Hence, we forgot most of the stuff we did in our early years of education. So I think that's the key as well going forward is not just to read a book, but to apply the knowledge so you, then you deeply internalize it and understand it as well. But look, I could rant on this for a while because you know I've got a lot of books to unpack. But back to yourself, what are you working on going forward? Where is Minty Creative going or, or what is Siobhan sort of working on? What, what's your next sort of one, three, five years? Where, what do you want to do? I think for for the next year or so, it'll be, it'll be really navigating the, the kind of ongoing challenges posed by the global situation. Um, and you know, we, we've, we've had a good year and I think it's about continuing that and, you know, growing the business, growing the team, scaling the business. Um, you know, we've taken on some pretty exciting clients. Um, one of them is a well-funded, well-backed startup that is offering software similar to what Canva does for design, um, but for developing, uh, which is probably going to be a game changer. So, you know, there's some really amazing products that are coming out into the, the gambling space, the tech space. Um, and I will be partnering with a few of them to, to help launch those products. So that will be a, a busy roadmap ahead. Um, but I, you know, I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm going to learn a lot from it just as much as I'm going to share and, and coach and teach my clients and add value for them. So, um, you know, it, it becomes that kind of real partnership relationship. You know, we, we absolutely collaborate with one another and, you know, I'll, I'll naturally learn from them as kind of great entrepreneurs and they'll learn from me in terms of what they really need to know on the marketing side. So, yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Um, and then maybe maybe sort of two to five years, um, you know, it might be looking at a sort of product based, um, you know, business model myself, um, you know, then there's, there's so much opportunity out there and, you know, I wouldn't want to sort of commit to one particular path and very, very open-minded to, you know, what the next big trend is and, you know, how I can add, you know, make it easier for people just doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm always thinking there must be an easier way, you know, and there's so much room for innovation in that respect. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and what you said then I really liked was, um, you know, connecting with people that are doing different things and working on stuff that's potential has, uh, you know, geometric growth and, and connecting with people first and then their products and services second. So it's all about sort of, you know, putting yourself out there and make sure people know what you do, but also how you add value to other people's business as well and help them along their way. Uh, too, but sort of, I, I want to ask you a couple of final questions and uh, a couple of weird ones. But you know, if you were host uh, a dinner party, like come dine with me, three people from the past, uh, dead or alive, who would they be? What would you serve them, or where would you take them? Three people, dinner party. Oh, well, well, we. <laughs> I think that would have to be The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. 
yeah. the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, and RuPaul from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a, a, a funny little dinner. The Rock, RuPaul, and and the Queen. Where would you take him, or, or or what would you serve him? Well, I don't. I think we'd have to go elsewhere from my house. I'm not sure the Rock would fit in my house, but um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Buckingham Palace would be big enough that would that yeah. would suit me nicely you know and then the Queen doesn't need to go anywhere because she's um, quite she's advanced in years now so yeah, yeah. <laughs> see no, you there cool. Michael <laughs> that's cool I'll, I'll be I'll be there as well I'll come for a drink now where can people sort of connect with you online where can they find you where do you spend the most time if people wanted to ask you sort of a personal question or just connect with you in in person uh, where, where, where do you spend the most time online for me, it's LinkedIn all the way. That's where my customers are as business owners. So um, LinkedIn is, is the place that I show up and um, I curate and create the most content. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but um, yeah, much more so on, on LinkedIn. It, for me, it's kind of the, the perfect professional network. So, and, and also it's quite a nice, respectful space as well. I think the accountability of people having their employment information in there does does kind of hold them to account a bit more you know there's sort of instagram and facebook sometimes get quite a bad rap for and twitter especially for you know trolls and such so yeah come see me on linkedin yeah perfect perfect now what's sort of the last message you would like to leave my audience with any last words of wisdom well i think you know just touching on what you said earlier michael um you know about we've talked about this before and, and connecting with people and I think recognizing that people can add value to your life in so many different ways. It does, it's not always just about money. Um, sometimes it's about kind of those lifelong friendships. Sometimes it's about opening those doors that you didn't even know were there. So um, I think that's a really important message I'd like to share with you. But I guess just to conclude from my side, I'd like to say thank you very much for tuning in. And it's such an honor to, to even be invited. I mean, two years ago when I started listening to your podcast, I never would have thought that I'd actually be a guest on it. So <laughs> I guess the universe is, is a very powerful and mysterious thing. And I guess it just, in this small example, it just goes to show that practically anything's possible. So just go out there and, and live your dreams. No worries. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And yeah, thanks for uh, doing what you're doing, being a great guest. And um, you look forward to uh, many great things from you in the future as well. So from all your audience out there, uh, follow Siobhan, check out Minty Creative, follow her on LinkedIn. If you have any social media, digital marketing um, questions, you know, reach out, see how she can help. Obviously, she runs an agency with a lot of people as well. Um, so Siobhan, yeah, thanks for being on the Best Book Bits podcast. And I'll speak to you soon, okay? You have a great Christmas and New Year and a fantastic 2022, okay? Thank you, you too. No worries at all. Speak to you soon. All right, bye.